This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning, uh, coming to you from our new office space just across the street from the church. Hey everybody, this is Kellen. Um, Yeah, it's been a week of kind of preparing to move and then moving and then getting settled. I'm in this sort of sweet little office space above the Highland Hiker Shoe Store. What's nice about it is there are some really big windows here, and so we've got a great view of the church, but maybe equally as wonderful, we've got a view of all the trees out the front uh, of the building, which is really nice this time of year. Yeah, so because we've been moving and kind of settling, this has got to be a pretty quick podcast. Um, I just have had a lot going on this week. Um But before we get to our gospel text, you know, I thought I should check in with Bentley, um, see how he's doing. Um, We, you know, I was gone for the weekend, so just wanted to check in, see how it was to have the goldsmiths in town, um, how Sunday went, particularly I heard there were um, some funny things that happened. Yeah, it was uh, a nice weekend. Thanks for asking, Kellen. Uh, We had the goldsmiths in town. they're dear friends from Alabama and from our time in seminary, so it was nice to have them with us. Michael uh, is at Nativity in Huntsville, Alabama. It's a big old church. It's a big church. So we were blessed to have uh, such a... Um, high-profile rector. Ho- high-profile rector with us for Sunday morning. It was, And they also had two of their three kids with them, uh, Gus and Sarah Margaret. So it was great to be uh, with them as well. Uh, they've been homeschooling the kids, and I think this was the first time they'd been really out of the house. Um, wow. I say homeschooling. They're doing remote school stuff. Um, they're not homeschooling them. <laughs> but it was good uh, to have them here. Michael preached a sermon on the gospel text about render unto Caesar um, that which is Caesar's and had folks uh, take out their wallets and pull out the credit card that they use most often, and then place a cross uh, with permanent Sharpie on the credit card uh, to have an outward invisible sign of, of Christ's claim, I think, on every single part of our lives, including, uh, but maybe most especially, how we use our resources. I listened to the sermon after the fact, and it was great. Um, I'd encourage you all, if you didn't tune in, to go to our Facebook page and Scroll ahead if you'd like to listen to Michael's fabulous sermon. Yeah, it was great. And you you mentioned that that morning there were some maybe mishaps at the 815 service. Uh, maybe it's because it's a bit early, as I've heard from some of you all listening that 815 is a bit early. It's a bit early for us as well. Um, I walked out behind the 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 altar and the first thing out of my mouth at the beginning of the liturgy was the Lord be with you to which the faithful responded and also with you. And then I said, lift up your hearts. (laughs) 
And for those who don't know the Episcopal liturgy, in case there aren't Episcopalians listening, that is not where the service starts. The service starts with, (laughs) blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's how it started. Then I discovered very quickly that there were probably three different bulletins spread throughout (laughs) the church. Uh, So when the first reading uh, was offered, many people looked with great confusion about what was being read and why it didn't, you know, it didn't match up with what was printed. And then if that was difficult, can you imagine saying the psalm responsively by whole verse? (laughs) That didn't work. Not if I didn't have the psalm in front of me. And to be honest, I started feeling a little, uh, bad, right? I felt, I felt funny. I had my, my friend, this high profile uh, rector from a big old church in Alabama, and it was one fumble after the other. But then as he was walking to the pulpit, he tripped. So that made me feel a bit better because we were at that point all in it together. Oh, I'm really, really sad. I missed the Sunday morning because... Usually Bentley is just like flawless liturgically, like he never makes a mistake. And so I just, I think I would have liked to have been there. It was a lot of fun. Well, while I was busy fumbling the liturgy, I think you were outside. You were in Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Kai and I and some friends from Michigan re- meet in Kentucky sort of on a regular basis, like once a year at least, um, to go rock climbing in the Red River Gorge. So we try to be there in October or November for a weekend and um it was great it was really fun really good to be with those folks who we've known for over a decade at this point and i was not in great climbing shape so the climbing was not pretty on um, my part but uh kai and kyle were killing it so (laughs) um we had a great time and i climbed up through a cave which i had never done before and it was very scary, but I made it out of the cave. I noticed that when you came back, you had some scrapes on your hand. What was that? Remind me how that happened. Um, well, it could have happened a number of ways because your hands really do get beat up when you climb. And so I probably stuck my hand into a crack in the wall and my skin got torn off in the process of pulling my body up off of my hand. So, yeah, I've got a bunch of bruises on my legs. It's a very physical endeavor. And as a reminder, these friends that you were with, you've been buddies for 10 years. How did Mm -hmm. y'all first meet? Uh, We met climbing in the gorge, actually. Kyle was my uh, trip leader on wilderness orientation when I went to Calvin. And um, he taught me how to climb. I actually met Kyle before I met Kai. And then Ryan was like the program director of outdoor education at Kelvin. So um, they were, you know, mentors and bosses for the first four years of our relationship. And now they are dear friends who have, you know, stuck with us through lots of seasons of life at this point. Can you take me back where we were? 
All right, so uh, last Sunday was certainly a test, uh, but I feel, Kellen, like I'm in good company because this coming Sunday, Jesus, we hear, is tested again uh, in the gospel reading. Uh, we, we hear that after uh, Jesus silences the Pharisees, the Sadducees uh, get together and they send a lawyer uh, to test Jesus, to question him. And they ask him, uh, teacher, which of the commandments is the greatest? And he says to them, familiar words, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments. Hang all the law and the prophets. These are familiar words uh, that we hear, at least in the right one liturgy, uh, in church today. All right, Kellen. And then Jesus starts to kind of ask them questions, turns the table around a bit, and and it gets a bit complicated, but he wants to ask them who the Messiah is. And let's just leave that for Sunday. And I think it's worth maybe focusing on this first part of the gospel about the greatest commandments. Yeah, we might just leave that last little part of this gospel talk text for like three years from now. It's a complicated yeah, it's a little confusing. It's it's about, you know, who the Messiah is, whether he's the son of David, but how could David say that he's, you know, greater than him if it's the son of David? Anyway, it's a little bit like, I feel like second or first century Jewish uh, esoteric dialogue. It's confusing and yeah. complicated. Yeah. But this first part seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, as straightforward as love gets, um, which (laughs) is both simple and yet incredibly difficult. I do think that right now is a good time to go back to the basics, you know, in our world and our communities. And Jesus is kind of put in a corner here and responds with, you know, these priorities of the law, which are expansive priorities. They are, you know, commandments that include pretty much all of our lives. Because how we spend our money is, of course, how we love our neighbors. And loving God can look like so many different things. I am, I think you're right that they're expansive. I also am struck a bit, I think, by the fact that, you know, on the one hand, Jesus maybe could have said, the greatest commandment is to love God, which would certainly be expansive. And and I think we could say probably includes our neighbors as well. Mm -hmm. But there is this, choice that Jesus seems to have made to say both of them on their own, love God and love your neighbor. 
Yeah, I think that um, the textual link between the two is worth noticing, right? That Jesus says, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself. He likens it to loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He says the second is like unto it. Um, So he's both kind of, I think, aligning the two, associating the two, right? Love of God is going to mean love of neighbor, but I feel like he still has to say it, right? He's like, these humans, they need some help realizing that their love of God has to flow out to their neighbors. And so I'm just going to make sure it's as clear as it possibly can be. Well, maybe at the risk of sounding a bit too much like uh, Woodstock or you know Jerry Garcia or the Beatles, the ways in which we love each other or fail to love each other, I think can be a good indication to us. Um, it can tell us something about our relationship with God. And, and maybe uh, when we are failing to love others, it's a call uh, to align our hearts more deeply with God, with Christ. And out of that, one would trust and expect and hope a love that would flow freely to those around us. Here are some words from Austin Farrer. Jesus broke the bread of the supper into as many pieces as there were disciples present. Peter took one piece, John another, and so on until there was none of it remaining. He gave his mysterious body away to his friends without remainder and without reserve, for that was the principle of his life. He also said to his disciples, Give, and it shall be given unto you. But I do not find that I give myself away as he gave himself away. I find that I am jealously keeping my life for myself, stealing this and that part from my neighbor and from God, making up little closed packets of pleasure and pride. Give and it shall be given to you. If we could once for all give ourselves away, be perfectly at the disposal of God and of men, Jesus would fully give himself to us. Thanks for hanging out with us on this episode of Empty Pews. Um, Would love to see you at worship on this Sunday at 8.15 in the morning. You can sign up via your weekly update. You can also participate in worship online uh, at 10.30 on our website or on our Facebook page. Come visit us at our new office space. Um, We'd love to see you. We've had a couple people drop in and it's been really wonderful. Uh, We love you all. We miss you. God's peace.